0: The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded.
2: Well, we couldn't find nobody better. Nope, uh, we had quite a few really good choices and it took a while, but we was able to pick a winner for this week's award and we hope it don't offend anybody. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Our winner is a woman named Marta Schaffer. Uh, She's an English teacher at Oroville High School in Oroville, California. And it don't take long to figure out why when you hear what she said.
3: As an educator, I am constantly worried if I am part of the problem. What do I mean by that? Well, public education is an institution that upholds lots of problematic systems in our society like white supremacy and misogyny and colonization, etc. In my role as an educator, I try to undermine that BS in my classroom as much as I possibly can. I teach high school English and whew, the white supremacy runs deep. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at how we write essays. Start with an introduction that includes a thesis. Always cite your sources. Use transition words like, however, and therefore. These are all made up rules. They're arbitrary. They were created by Westerners in power. In linguistic justice, April Baker Bell calls this the language of respectability or the language of power. Which got me thinking, what if I started my school year with a unit honoring how we talk rather than teaching students how to write properly? So this is the start of my series on teaching linguistics in high school.
2: That's right. She's one of them English teachers and she don't have no problem with her students if they don't use good English. And she praised students' academic essays for including AAVE language. That's African American Vernacular English. Um, that used to be called Ebonics. Not sure if you're still allowed to call it that. But do you know what it definitely is? It's the soft bigotry of low expectations. May, there may have never been a better example of it, actually. Imagine thinking that you're doing black kids a favor by telling them that using good grammar is just all about what's a white supremacy and the, and they don't have to bother with it. Eh, don't worry about it. Just talk right the way you talk. Don't worry about it, kids. Now, I made a call to the school a couple of days ago to find out if she got fired yet, couldn't get an answer, and couldn't get anybody to call me back, so I'm guessing she's still out there teaching this insanity. Now, I haven't seen any follow-up on it anywhere else, but we know enough about Marta Schaefer, Schaffer, S-H... A-F-F-E-R of Oroville High School to give her the AM 1250, the answer, jerk of the week award. (laughs) And that brings us to another guy who is a very strong contender for this. Do you know who Sam Brinton is? Sam is the, sounds like a really important title, and I guess it is an important job, Department of Energy Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition. Now, I don't know. You probably have seen the pictures of Sam. Sam's uh, portrait is official portrait, official picture for the Department of Energy. He's completely bald. He's wearing a really bright red lipstick, eye makeup, and women's clothes. And... Um, He's uh, charged with grand larceny of an item now, and this is valued at between $1,200 and $5,000 by prosecutors in Las Vegas. I guess that's what makes it grand larceny because of the value. Well, he stole another suitcase at the Las Vegas airport. I say another because cops accused him of stealing a suitcase worth $2,325 from a baggage carousel at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport in October. Now, this guy obviously has a fetish, some kind of a fascination with women's clothes, I'm guessing, because if I'm not mistaken, the suitcase that he stole in Minneapolis-St. Paul was full of women's clothes. How he knew that was the case, I don't know. Maybe it was the kind of suitcase that it was. And I don't know what's in this latest suitcase, but he obviously has an issue with women's clothes, and he's he's still working, as far as we know. We don't uh, we we haven't been told uh, the, the Biden administration is not saying whether or not he's still being paid. Now, just think about this for a minute. You, if you've, I'm hoping you've seen the picture of this guy, but you're sitting in a an office, and you're looking for someone to hire to be the deputy assistant secretary for spent fuel and waste disposition, I don't know, that's nuclear waste. I'm guessing that's a pretty important thing to figure out where to put that stuff, and you probably don't want to put it in a suitcase. So you have this interview. You do the interview with a guy, and as you're interviewing him, are you not thinking – I don't know if I want to hire this guy. He seems a little strange. He's sitting across from me wearing a dress and he's bald and he has he wears different colors of lipstick. I've seen him with blue. He has lipstick on and uh his name is Sam and uh, I, I I don't know maybe I shouldn't hire this guy. He looks like he might have some i don't know psychological problems. He might be nuts, he might be a little insane. I'm not sure if I want this guy to be handling our nuclear waste. Well, somebody looked at him in that office and decided to hire him, okay? Now, here's an interview that somebody did with him. This is just a little snippet of it uh, that was done with uh, Sam Brinton right after he was hired.
3: Joining me today is Sam Brinton, an openly gender-fluid person who's managing nuclear waste while making the world a safer place for LGBTQ youth. I know some reports are calling you the first openly gender fluid person to work in federal government leadership. But what does that mean to you?
4: for me, it's the first openly gender-fluid person is the most important word there, being openly. A lot of people ask what in the world does your gender-fluid identity have to do with nuclear waste? And I will respond with, I am given the opportunity to serve my country as I am. And that's a really important aspect of my work because I work on nuclear waste management, where transparency and honesty and trust building are so critical. i Get to be the person who changes the world and solves this really big, grand environmental challenge because of my lived
3: experiences. That is such a powerful perspective that you showing up authentically empowers your work.
2: Honesty. He's very big on honesty and transparency, except when it comes to suitcases. He has a little (laughs) problem allowing the carousel to roll by after he's gotten off his flight and, you know, just leaving it alone. He's uh, got some kind of a problem with picking up other people's suitcases, but that's okay. Uh, he's he's the first gender fluid person in the Department of Energy. I don't know how he competes or compares with Dr. Rachel Levine, but uh, I, I, I don't think I don't think Rachel's fluid. He, this guy's fluid. Rachel thinks he's a woman, and he's also insane, of course. But and we're going to talk more about him in our second segment with uh, Terry O'Neill, who's uh, Uh, I'm sorry, uh, not Terry O'Neill. What's his name, Mike? Give me that first name. Tyler. I know a a woman named Terry O'Neill who I deal with a lot, and that's why I can't get past Terry. Uh, Tyler, yeah, he's been on the show many times. Anyway, he's going to be here to talk about what Dr. Levine has been selling to everybody out there in the medical community. That will be coming up in our second segment. So that's what we have. We have Sam Brinton He's the Department of Energy Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition. And as far as we know, he's still being paid. And who's he being paid by? You, with your tax dollars. I'll be right back.
1: Here's a true story that might be described as Schindler's List meets the sound of music.
3: I'm Isabel Vincent. My newest book is called Overture of Hope, Two Sisters' Daring Plan That Saved Opera's Jewish Stars from the Third Reich. In the 1930s, two British spinster sisters shared a love of the opera, and they made frequent trips to Germany and Austria to see their favorite singers. But many of these singers were Jewish, and with the rise of the Nazis, these performers faced almost certain death in the Holocaust that was coming. So what could two British spinsters do? Against all odds, they put together a plan to rescue more than two dozen men and women, getting them out of Germany and Austria and safely to England. Their clever schemes included using opera tickets to launder money. My book, Overture of Hope, details the life and death risks these two sisters took. Their surreptitious bravery and passionate commitment is amazing and inspiring.
1: Overture of Hope by best-selling author Isabel Vincent is available now wherever books are sold.
5: My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought... Why not? It couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite.
4: My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about dinovite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Happier, healthier with
1: every bite. Over a million pets helped with DinoVites. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK.
0: this is the John Stuckerwalch Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. As I said, we'll be
2: back with Tyler O'Neill in our second half hour to talk about the uh, the great Dr. Rachel Levine and what uh, he's been trying to sell people. But the big stories yesterday, I guess, and the, and the stories this morning. Uh, Barry Weiss, who's an independent journalist, used to work for the New York Times and happens to be from Squirrel Hill, from Pittsburgh. She released the second batch of evidence that Twitter was censoring conservatives last night. Fox News ran uh, most of it, uh, Republicans say now that they're going to demand accountability. The evidence was all there. It's—I'm uh, sure you've seen it. I'm not going to go into it here it's in the detail, but the usual people that you would think were would be censored, and everybody thought that they were being censored while well, Twitter was censoring them, and we know that now. And the, the emails show. Based on their communications uh, among the 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 uh, the upper echelon of the company, that they were making a concerted effort to make sure that certain things weren't amplified is the word they like to use, and that certain people weren't getting their views spread, you know, too much. They didn't want to. They didn't want to do it completely because then the, these people who were thinking that they were just tweeting and getting their message out. They wouldn't, they wouldn't suspect that they actually weren't getting their message out, and it was being almost suppressed 100%. So that's, that's what uh, Twitter was doing, and Barry Weiss has uh, been releasing that. And, of course, Fox News did it up big because they had the live exclusive, as it was going on last night in, in prime time, but no coverage from the network uh, morning shows today, as far as I know. They didn't cover it. They didn't talk about it. Now they spent... Multiple minutes on each show, CBS, ABC, NBC, talking about Noah What's-His-Name, the host of the uh, show on the Comedy Network, and he's he's leaving, and I've never seen one second of his show because I didn't think he was funny when I heard about him getting ready to get the show – uh, Trevor Noah is his name, and he's uh, gone, I guess, and that's I guess that's a good thing. I don't know who's replacing him, a mannequin maybe because it's not going to matter, not going to make a difference in the in the ratings, but anyway, he's gone. So that, that was an important story today for the networks, but the story of Twitter and its um, trying to influence an election and probably successful attempt at influencing an election, not a big deal, and of course they're still saying that conservatives – on the, on the other networks, the CNNs and the MSNBCs, this is just still more conservative paranoia about the media not treating conservatives fairly. And then there's the story of Brittany Greiner, okay? Now, you know what happened with her. She came home yesterday, and the first reaction was that it was wonderful because she was going to come home, and it's Christmas, and blah, 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 and... Then people started thinking about it a little bit, and they thought about who they gave up to get her. Victor Boot started hearing stories about who this guy was, because the initial reaction to her being released was mostly about just she's being able to come home, and that's great, she's an American, and everybody agreed with that, and never want to see an American stuck in a Russian prison, unfairly. But the more people heard about who this Victor Boot guy is, I've heard his name pronounced both ways, B-O-U-T, uh, boot and Bout. We'll call him Boot. This, to me, that when you look at it, Victor Boat was a person that just was really good at getting people killed and really good at spreading weapons around the world to help terrorists kill people. That's what he was good at. That's why he was called the Merchant of Death. So what Joe Biden did was trade the this guy, the Merchant of Death, you can call him the first round the the overall first round pick in the NFL draft if you if you're sitting on the first overall pick and you're going to you make the decision that you're going to trade that person you hoard that for as long as you can you you don't give it up you make people come to you and get the best offer and you just hold out as long as you can you don't trade that first round pick for a punter but that's what Joe Biden did. It's not anything – this is not uh, necessarily a criticism of Brittany Griner. It's not her fault that she doesn't deserve to be traded for the, the merchant of death. But that's what it was. Joe Biden traded the first overall pick in the draft, one of the worst guys on the planet, for a punter. That's what he got. And they're trying to justify it. And it's never going to work. And as long as uh, the longer this goes on, the more you find out about Victor Boot, and the more little stories you hear that uh, maybe there was a chance to make the trade be Victor Boot for Whalen the the Marine. And that never would have worked because Brittany Griner is a celebrity and she's black and she's a woman and she's gay. Well, Russian state TV talked about this. Now I'm going to try to do this. I'm I'm, I'm going to try to be the interpreter here. The, the woman's name is Margarita Simonyan, S-I-M-O-N-Y-A-N, and you're going to hear her underneath. But I'm going to try to do like the interpreters do, and I'll tell you what she's saying. Uh, and you'll like what she had to say about it. Well, you may, may you may not like it, but you'll you'll appreciate the way they're looking at this compared to the way. The United States is looking at it, and it's a lot different. Here we go. Here's Margarita Simonian. Of course, I was very amused but not surprised that Boot was exchanged for Griner and not Whelan. First of all, I congratulate Boot and his entire family... For many years, we have been in touch, and and with him personally, to the extent it was possible, we communicated with him to the extent that we could. Of course, this is a huge joy and relief for all of us. I can't even imagine what this means to his family. But he was not exchanged for the heroic spy. Because he is a spy, Whelan is a spy, he was apprehended while receiving information. He was apprehended on a uh, with a flash drive. He said he was supposed to get photos of churches in Posad on a flash drive. You send church photos through WhatsApp, right? That's where we get them. Look where I've been. You don't get a flash drive brought to you for that. Quality would be decent, no worse than on a flash drive. He is a spy. Therefore, to them he is a hero. He is a hero, decorated marine, covered in medals. He has only one, no two, no three problems. His first problem is that he is white. His second problem is that he is a man. His third problem, he's a heterosexual. This is not something that we can, that we can figure out. You, yes, here, Griner beats him in every aspect. American voters were given a choice. a hero who suffered while serving his fatherland. a metal-covered hero who suffered during the service his service uh, to his fatherland the United States, or a black lesbian hooked on drugs who suffered for a vape with hashish and well-known for the sake of PR, that's public relations. American voters are choosing the obvious. I think that's for us, it's one more piece of good news. The first good news is that boot has returned, and the second good news is that a nation that spits on its heroes to the extent that it considers it significantly more important to free a rightfully charged well-known athlete she didn't suffer because she served her motherland but because she couldn't live for ten hours without hashish instead of freeing the person in prison for two years for serving his motherland this says a lot about the state of this society one of these intelligence agencies and everything related to geopolitical confrontation. There you go. So there's, that's what they think about it. That um, they settled on a basketball player over a hero. Now, of course, the, the, the interesting thing here is that she's talking about how wonderful it is that Victor Boot is coming home to be with his family. A guy who sold surface-to-air missiles to terrorists so they could shoot down airliners. She's thrilled to have him home and uh, thrilled for his family. But you can see how they look at it. This is Russian state TV, by the way, that the United States would choose a black, gay, female basketball player only because they didn't say it in these terms, but that's what she was getting at, That more politically correct and impossible for Joe Biden to choose a Marine, a white Marine, over a black, gay basketball player. How ridiculous is that? But you got to give them credit. They know what's going on over there in Russia. I'll be right back.
0: SRN News, I'm John Scott. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema says she's an independent thinker and has changed her party affiliation from Democrat to independent.
4: We make decisions about what's best for ourselves, our family, and our community. And so we don't spend a lot of time thinking about, is this a Republican idea or is this a Democratic idea? Is this liberal or is this conservative? That's not how Arizonans think.
0: Sinema has already been operating independently from Democrat leadership along with Senator Joe Manchin, one of two Democrats most likely to go against the party in key legislation. In consumer news, another airbag death, safety regulators urging drivers once again to make sure that their vehicles haven't been recalled after another person was killed by an exploding Takata airbag. That person in a 2002 Honda Accord. This is SRN news.
1: Hey, I'm Andy.
0: Enjoy! AM 1250, The Answer. The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. You can't ignore the fact that a lot of people stayed home. Had you not stayed home in Pennsylvania, you'd have a conservative, a heck of a lot more conservative than John let out all the criminals' fettermen. They were able to get their voters out to vote for babbling idiots. Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon, on AM 1250, The Answer. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a hlaw
2: Supply chains are loosening and inventory is arriving at Pit Cycles. And now's a great time to celebrate with a purchase of a brand new ride. This is John Sagerwald. Pit Cycles showrooms are bursting with selection. Over 228 models from Indian, Triumph, BMW, Royal Enfield, KTM. And now, to the end of the year, get a stylish No Room Marucci leather riding jacket free with your purchase of a new street bike in Warrendale next to Jurgles at PitCycles.com.
0: Pit Cycles! Hi, Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Step up your grilling game with our Solaire Portable Infrared Grills. Our compact everywhere is a favorite of RVers and trailer pullers. Solaire Infrared provides the quick sear for bar marks and texture needed to properly finish sous vide. Use a portable alongside your larger conventional grill to create an instant sear zone and more juicy and flavorful food. Learn more at BestHotGrill.com. Affordable, powerful, portable infrared grills at BestHotGrill.com. AM 12.
3: Not much of a let-up, even though we're getting close to the end of rush hour. Still really busy. Parkway East on both directions into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. You'll see delays. Inbound, it's still a little heavy. Grant Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge, although a little better than before. Parkway West still looking pretty solid, though, inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel might be about a 10-minute delay. Outbound, slow from Banksville Road up to Carnegie. Bates Street southbound, down to one lane between Hod Street and 2nd Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: I am 1250. The answer, weather. Mostly cloudy skies for tonight with periods of late night rain and a low 35. A brief shower or two tomorrow, still cloudy with a high 44. Cloudy tomorrow night with a shower in some areas and a low 38. Rather cloudy skies still for Sunday with a couple of showers and a high of 44. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, you heard the story about Sam Brinton, the lunatic who's
2: in charge of dealing with America's nuclear waste. He shows up to work in the Department of Energy wearing a dress, high heels, various colors of lipstick. Uh, he's completely bald. And as we told you a few minutes ago, he just got caught stealing somebody's suitcase at an airport for the second time. He and Dr. Rachel Levine make an impressive pair in the Biden administration. A good question would be, which one is more dangerous? Well, Tyler O'Neill is the managing editor editor at the Daily Signal, and he wrote about the Admiral, that would be Rachel Levine, recently. Thanks for coming on the show again, Tyler. Haven't heard from you for a while.
4: Yeah, glad to be here, John.
2: So, uh, Admiral Levine was, by the way, <laughs> I watched the video that we're about to talk about, his address, and the, whoever that was moderating it for I guess it was at the University of Pittsburgh whoever the person was that was moderating the video that he was doing it wasn't a video it was a live conference but he was doing it virtually and she kept referring to the admiral she said the admiral will be taking questions after the after the presentation the admiral is happy to be here it was it was hilarious anyway Admiral Levine was invited to speak to pediatricians at Pitt recently, and you wrote about what was his what was his message for them?
4: Yeah, well, he he delivered a sermon, and as you know, as I put it, he urged the doctors and nurses, these children's doctors, doctors and nurses, to become evangelists and preach the gospel of transgenderism, saying that anything less would be a betrayal of their profession and science itself. And even later, he went on to say that it would be a betrayal of care and that anybody who dares disagree like is filled with hate and it's it's ironic because he also went on to say that he has no room for hate in his heart but we have to get <laughs> we have to silence anybody who dares question what i'm about to tell you
2: and he of course hates them the people who don't follow his message He definitely hates them. He may may call it something else, but he hates them. So that's his message for the people who think he and his ideas are insane, that they're just evil.
4: Yeah, well, and it's very interesting because when we talk about the transgender movement, you know, people don't speak the plain truth of what they mean. You know, as as I noted, you know, Levine couched his pseudo-religious view that there's a parallel realm of reality, where biological males such as themselves are really female and vice versa. And that biology is somehow a lesser reality to be warped in pursuit of this higher realm in scientific terms. And it's, I mean, it's they use all these euphemisms like gender affirming care, by which they mean, you know, pumping a person's body with cross-sex hormones that introduce that introduce what is known as a disease in other contexts. Uh, and is is treated as a disease and, and cured, uh, but they're introducing it, or you know, actually chopping off and changing a person's body parts to resemble um, a, fa- a facsimile, a fake version of the opposite sex. I mean, it's it's crude that this is exactly what they're talking about, I and mean, they use terms like gender affirming care to make it seem as though these things were not only you know good but innocuous and how dare anybody disagree, but in reality, you know, this this is a different worldview. This is essentially a government official promoting a pseudo-religion, and not only a pseudo-religion, but one that is directly at odds with basic biology.
2: So his message for them is to go out among us and spread his gospel. That's what he's telling these doctors, that they're not just supposed to be pediatricians and take care of kids, but They're supposed to go way beyond that. They have to, at every opportunity, they have to sell the insanity.
4: Yeah, well, he urged them to be ambassadors. I mean, he's saying ambassadors for science, for compassion, for care. But, of course, these are euphemisms for ambassadors for radical gender ideology. And, you know, this is, and then he says, you know, he says, offer yourselves as informational resources not just for youth, but for school teachers, principals, school boards, and then all these things, and then says, oh, don't just do it in medical settings. Make sure that you try to push this, you know, preach this gospel from the heights. And, you know, I I, I thought the the best summation of his speech was, you know, to paraphrase something Jesus said, you know, his harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. So he encourages doctors to preach the gospel of gender-affirming care and drive out the demons who dare say that children shouldn't mutilate their body.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> when I watch this guy speak, it's—I've noticed this—and I didn't watch the whole video that you were writing about. You know, the recording of the, this address that you're writing about. When I watched it, when I watch him speak, when he's the longer he goes. The more he sounds like a man. When he, stu- I don't know if you've ever noticed this, uh, Tyler, but if you catch him when he first is introduced, he'll be talking with a fake high voice. And by the, t- if he goes more than, if he most goes more than like a few minutes, pretty soon he's almost sounds like. I mean, he's he's, he's a man. There's no question. Um, it, it, just,
4: it's almost like the underlying biological truth will come out, it, it, amazing, regardless yeah. of yeah. what you tried to do. I, but the fact that. <laughs>
2: This guy is it's not bad enough that he's standing there in a dress, and with a hairline that's back to like, I don't know, receding what like I'd say thirty percent back to the back of his head, um, they've dressed him up in a female naval admiral's uniform and yeah, and and you're supposed to look at this with a straight face and first first of all, if you don't want to if you want to accept that that's fine. But you're if you. It's not just that you look at that and go, "Boy, this seems a little strange." First of all, I, I think he's a man, and he's not an admiral. If you even think that, he's out there telling people that there's something wrong. with Not as there's something wrong with you. You're a demon. You're evil.
4: Oh yeah, you're you're responsible if people hear you and commit suicide. It's. I mean, that's literally the argument, and the reason he couches it. The reason he's trying to recruit evangelists to go preach his gospel is because he says that um, the, these transgender kids, you know, if they're, if they're affirmed by even one, uh, quote-unquote, affirming adult, then they're far less likely to commit suicide. So, I mean, this is, this is a very, it's a very effective pseudo-religious call to action, because essentially what he's saying is there's this new life that's available for people. It's called acceptance. And the culture is so rooted and saturated in the original sin of denying transgenderism that, you know, these people need just one person to reach out to them and then it will change their lives forever. It'll, it'll save, save them from killing themselves as if, as if suicide were some sort of disease that people got as opposed to something that they do to themselves. And obviously I can tend suicide, and every single person, you know, if if anyone here is struggling with gender dysphoria, um, you know, like I want you to know that you're valuable and you're you're, you know, you have the human dignity that we all share, and that there is a real gospel out there that can, that is a lot better rooted not only in science but in history, and that there there is hope and there's a better hope than this false gospel that's going to encourage you to, to mutilate yourself um, because a lot of a lot of these people who have gone through this like and, and I quote some of them in in the article I think the, the most disturbing video to me was this this young woman Carrie Stella who says I'm alive I'm a real live 22 year old woman with a scarred chest and a broken voice and five o'clock shadow because I couldn't face the idea of growing up to be a woman. That's my reality. It's like these these people pursue something that's utterly false, and the institutions are all rushing to endorse it, and, and it, it's, it's really doing them damage.
2: Yeah, and it used to be you put on a dress, and if you lived that life for a while and you thought, now nah, maybe this isn't for me, you could take off the dress. It's a little different when you've had your breasts removed or you've been castrated. It's a little little tougher to reverse the, the process. Um, so it's well, one th- even
4: smaller things like your Adam's apple shaped. Right, mean, people people yeah. get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, it, it's it's one thing for him to be insane uh, and and to think that he's a woman, but he also, as we said, he thinks he's an admiral, and and he's being endorsed as an admiral. He's out there with the endorsement of the president of the United States. That that's uh, being in a in a military uniform, that actually gives him more uh, credibility and more, I guess, influence. So it's worse.
4: Yes, no, very much so. And, the you know, the other disturbing thing is that the Senate confirms him, and I don't think it was just a party-line vote from oh, Democrats no. either.
2: Republicans wouldn't um, have the nerve to vote against him, not all of them.
4: Yeah, which yeah. is, yeah. I mean, this, the fact that not a single Democrat took a, look, took a second look and said, wait, maybe we shouldn't be backing this guy. Because this is also a guy who you know, was the secretary of health in Pennsylvania, and he pulled his mother out of a nursing home when they were ordering nursing homes to accept you know, patients who had tested positive for COVID-19. I mean, that's... Anyway, this is... You know. he, he
2: made up for being insane by being really bad at his job and harming lots of people here in Pennsylvania. We were well aware of that, uh, Tyler. We're talking to Tyler O'Neill. He's the managing editor at the Daily Signal. He wrote a piece about Admiral Levine and his uh, presentation to doctors at the University of Pittsburgh telling him to go out and spread the gospel of transgenderism. Um, so, uh, yeah, he when he was here in Pennsylvania... I had to look at him every day, Terry uh, Tyler. He he uh, he um, he was on every day, giving us the up, you know the COVID updates, and and telling us yeah. that we should we should trust the science. And it was a it was a man <laughs> who says he's a woman every day, coming out and telling right. us to trust the science. And if you if you said, well, wait a minute, I, you're you're a man. I, I I think the science says you're a man, but you you say you're a woman, and I'm sp- you weren't allowed to even bring that up. You're not allowed to bring it up, even though he's talking about life and death situations and trying to convince you that you should follow his advice because he's a scientist and he goes by the science and you should too. It's, it's like a Monty Python
1: movie.
4: And <laughs> really, I mean, it's, it would be hilarious if it weren't so drop-dead serious and real. Like, you know, what, what we're looking at is a very Orwellian movement. And if you had told somebody in the nineteen fifties that this would happen, they wouldn't have just like not believed you. They would have laughed their heads off. Like, but but this is real and it's being pushed at, you know, as as you noted, the highest levels of government, the president of the United States fully endorsing Rachel Levine. And and quite frankly, you know, I, I wrote a book about the Southern Poverty Law Center. They've been pushing you know, they've been demonizing people who disagree with the LGBT movement for a long time. And they have listed as hate groups on a hate map, conservative Christian organizations that fight for religious freedom and fight for the free speech of people to speak their, you know, their disagreement with this movement that, and that disagreement is based in science. It's based in real science. You know, I remember when, um, Bill Nye, had this episode and I when I was growing up I watched them Bill Nye the Science Guy and I remember because I was a kid, you know, watching an episode about what makes a man a man and a woman a woman and talking about chromosomes and very scientifically based. And of course, Netflix gets Bill Nye the Science Guy's old shows and uploads them. And there's there's an episode surprisingly missing from the lineup for some reason. Yeah.
2: Well this isn't this act isn't going over real, uh, real well in Florida, is it?
4: No, no, and and thank God for the doctors in Florida for the for the Florida Department of Public Health uh, because you know they have you know they're run by a surgeon general who's not afraid to speak the truth on these things. And Florida, you know, was on the on the cutting edge of saving people from the negative side effects of the COVID you know, the pandemic back when, you know, I, re- I remember when the left was demonizing Ron DeSantis as some sort of death cult leader, because he decided, Hey, we can trust people to make their own decisions and I'm going to open my state. And, you know, we've, the results have spoken for themselves and, and Ron DeSantis won, you know, with a whopping 20 point, uh, victory, um, but anyway, one of, the, one of the things that really impressed me in Florida is that they, they went through the Department of Public Health and examined the studies and came to the conclusion that, you know, as, as Joe Ladapo said, the scientific evidence supporting these complex medical interventions is extraordinarily weak. And many systematic reviews on hormonal treatment for young people show a trend of low-quality evidence small sample sizes, and medium to high risk of bias. And that's, that's very scientific language to explain that, oh, yeah, this is all based on bunk. Like, we, we don't actually know the long-term positive effects of, you know, what, what the transgender movement claims are these, quote-unquote, gender-affirming care, you know, these, these medical interventions that are extremely experimental. We don't know if people are really saved, you know, we, we don't, it's, that's what makes it an even, even more like a religion is this Rachel Levine is going out preaching to doctors that they'll, they'll save people's lives by getting them on these hormone treatments that, you know, we do know that you are at a higher risk of osteoporosis. If you take these puberty blockers and these cross-sex hormones, we do know that there are negative health effects, we don't know that they're saving people's lives, that they're preventing people from committing suicide. We don't have the data on long-term studies because this is too new of a phenomenon, but we do know that there are a lot of people who formerly identified as transgender who now regret it and who know that they've mutilated their bodies and who are you know, brave enough to speak out on something as personal as this. And that requires tremendous courage, in our current cultural context, and I think you know we can only we can only thank those who are willing to speak out.
2: And there are countries in Europe, including the UK, that are starting to push back on this insanity. What's it going to take for the U.S. to catch up to them? I'm talking about the countries in Europe. Is the only uh, solution getting the Democrats out of power the only hope?
4: <sighs> it's yeah. I mean, I, I really wish that that weren't something that we we would conclude on this. I I think. Democrats should be as rational as Republicans on this and look at the data and say look uh, this this movement does not you know it doesn't fulfill its promises but unfortunately right now the left has such a stranglehold on the Democratic Party and on the culture in general that we need some systematic change and you know, it's, it's also ironic to me that we're not just talking about some countries in Europe, you know, some some place like Hungary that tends to be more conservative. We're talking about Sweden. We're talking about Finland. Yep. You know, Finland is by far the most liberal uh, country in Europe on many different measures. And I mean, I've been there. It's sparsely populated. It's beautiful. But you know, it's it's a very liberal country, and they're the ones. And it's it's not just one hospital in Finland. It was medical guidelines. Uh, for the country opposing these drugs for minors, like pe- people are waking up in other countries, and I we really need to wake up over here. And you know, Ron DeSantis has shown some real leadership, and his Department of Public Health has shown real leadership. We need more doctors, uh, just like during the during the pandemic, yeah, doctors to risk and stand up and say, "Look, enough is enough. Yes, this uh- is damaging people."
2: Yep, I'm out of time, Tyler. Great piece today, uh, or yesterday, I guess, you actually had it uh, yesterday at the um, the, uh, the the Heritage Foundation's uh, publication. What, what, um, yeah, The Daily Signal. The Daily Signal, sorry. And you are the managing editor there. I'm losing my mind today with names. Uh, thanks for being on the <laughs> show, though. Thank you.
4: Hey, my pleasure. Okay. Thanks,
2: John. We'll be right back. Hey, thinking about getting a new bathroom and not just an overlay, but a transformation. And maybe you're thinking, well, ah, I don't want to spend the time. I don't want to spend the money. Uh, I got a solution for you. First of all, you can you don't have to get just an overlay. You can get a total transformation from Bath R Us. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. You get gorgeous faucets, fixtures. Uh, Every unit is custom built. Allows you to pick all the premium accents and accessories. They use uh, products only manufactured right here in the U.S. And every single unit is installed by a certified factory technician. Again, not an overlay, but a total transformation. And don't wait, because if you schedule your free in-home estimate right now, you get $1,000 off plus low to no monthly payments. That's low to no monthly payments. And if you call today, 412-752-6880. That's 412-752-6880. Get that free in-home estimate and save the money. Do it now. Go to BathRUs.com to start living loving your bathroom again.
5: My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? It couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it. And after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little Gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite.
3: My dog smelled so bad
4: and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynovite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever.
0: Oh, happier, healthier
1: with every bite. Over a million pets helped with dinovites. Oh.
0: This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
2: Well, of course, here in Pennsylvania, we can be proud of uh, having of being represented by the great Dr. Rachel Levine uh, up at the federal level, and then soon to follow him would be John Fetterman. You remember John. Well, guess what? John's a movie star now. He's going to have a cameo in an upcoming 1800s period film. It's going to be on Netflix. It's it's a story about a – it's called The Pale Blue Eyes. It's the story of a detective investigating the murder of a West Point cadet back in New York in the 1830s. And the star of the movie, Christian Bale, says that John Fetterman was picked because he has a great face that looks like it belongs in the 1830s. And there's a picture of him here that I'm looking at. He's got mutton chops, and he's standing there with Christian Bale. Uh, They're both in costume. And, of course, John Fetterman's wife, Giselle, is also going to be in the movie. So it's coming up on... Netflix. I don't know when it's going to be released, but it's called The Pale Blue Eyes. And it's going to, I don't know about star, but it's going to feature our new representative in the United States Senate, John Fetterman. And as I say all the time here, don't fail to miss it. See you
0: Monday. John Stackerwald show this is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh demand the yellow van